apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. It's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. Hey, there's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to Throwing Jabs podcast. I'm Big J, joined by Joe Guay and Jared Jones. And we have a big, big UFC pay-per-view tonight. But first, we got to start off recapping last week as Islam Mahakev KOs Bobby Green in the first round. I mean, late replacement Bobby Green. I mean, it, Mahakev is just on another level. Joe, I'm uh, I mean, there's not that much to talk about to the about the fight, but how how many more fights does Mahakev have till he can challenge Charles Oliveira? I, I mean, I think it would be logical that he would be next up uh, after Oliveira's next fight, assuming Oliveira wins. You know, 
uh, we all saw what this guy does and what he can do. And, you know, credit to Bobby Green for showing up and trying. That was it, it's so funny. You know, all the all the pre-fight hype, Jared, it was like, you know, everyone thinks he's going to get knocked out in the first round. But, you know, and they were trying to explain reasons why maybe that wouldn't happen. And, of course, it's exactly what did happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Guy looked uh, for somebody so experienced. He looked a little green. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This wasn't close. Looked like a late replacement. I think everybody saw this coming. Uh, the numbers were lopsided as hell. So, yep, looked a little green with all that experience. Uh, and yeah, why? Uh, I don't. Who's in his way? The question is, who else would face Oliveira? I don't think there's another guy that really does make sense, uh, especially Dariush pulling out of the fight means it just has to be has to be this next. Yeah, well, I, I, I and I'll be honest, I'm not even all that sold on Dariush. I mean, to me, I would have liked to have seen Dariush beat somebody like Mahakov before he he took the next step forward. So I think that kind of hurt him. Uh, to not be there, to not show up for this thing, and I think he more or less, uh, more or less paved the way for Mahakev to be next up. Yeah, well, and uh, only in a only in a game where you're actually fighting does showing up and trying get you credit. <laughs> <laughs> credit for showing up and trying. He made weight. Kudos. Now let's also let's also I don't want to just make the assumption by the way that Charles Oliveira is going to beat Justin Gaethje because while I think it's likely you know I, to to me Justin Gaethje's power uh, especially for the Jaces of the world I mean that is a very alluring thing you know to know that that guy if he lands the right punch your your lights are going out so Charles Oliveira who, you know, I, I admittedly doubted and questioned this guy, you know, and I and I don't think I was wrong to feel that way. I think this guy had to really prove it. And, you know, as we know, before this run he's been on, you know, he took a little time away from the sport. You know, because one of the things I said was, this guy's outstanding. He's got an, an amazing skill set. How does he lose to anybody, especially to nobodies? It should never happen. So now that this guy's, proven where he is and that he's on an elite level you know we're gonna when as we preview tonight's fight i think we're gonna be talking about that where there's there's a couple of guys that are in in every division that are just on a separate level you know justin gaethje's gonna have a chance to prove he's on that level whether he is or he isn't eh, you know jury's out i like to think he is i thought dustin poirier was oh and you I'm and I'm not so everything. sure anymore. You can have everything, but uh, excuse me, light heavyweight. You say there's a guy or two that's fair. Well, there used to be. His name was John Jones, and then he left, and now that thing is is because think about if John was still there, we would be talking about who's that number two. You know, who's his Ali? That's what we'd be. Uh, his Frazier, I mean, who's his Ali? Who's the Frazier to to this guy? And right now, I mean, I think because there's no kingpin in the light heavyweight division, it's hard to say who those guys are. So someone's got to really step up and own that thing. And no offense to Glover Teixeira, but it, it ain't him. <laughs> <laughs> we all like Prohoshka. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But again, I don't know. You know, I don't know if the next guy that comes through after Prohaska is not going to be better. You know, we've only seen limited Prohaska. Looks great. We thought the same thing about Ciro Gone until he got in there with a super elite guy, and it was like, oh, never mind. To be fair, he's early in his career. Let's say Ciro Gone makes. The I'll give you that. That Oliveira has made. That's that's a that's a going down in history heavyweight right there. If he yeah, you know, well, so uh, Jared, you know, uh, I think it'll be especially interesting to see in his next fight what Cyril Gon we see. You know, again, is there going to be hangover from that fight? Does he? That is adorable, a cameo. Love that. Um, but yeah, so so I, I that that division to me is the only one that really is wide open. Uh, the light heavyweight division, but I think everywhere else, I think you know, again, it's. There's the elite guy who's that number two. And, and you know, again, head to head, will that two have a shot at, at the number one? There's a lot of these divisions where I don't think it matters who the second guy is. You know, it ain't happening. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what gives guys like Justin Gagey uh, the entertainment value. There's a chance that he strikes somebody and puts them to sleep. So there's I mean, there's some divisions where you don't even really see that happening to a to a Usman or a or a uh you know figure yeah. it yeah but can how does Mahakev match up with Oliveira? I mean yeah he does have a tough test in the Gaethje but can Mahakev use that that Sambo can he I don't think he's gonna knock him out in the first round like he did Bobby Green but can he get him to the ground and smash him or can, can Oliveira pull something get something off the back triangle something pull out one of his great submissions while they're on the ground it's a great fight but uh i think makashev is showing is going to show Oliveira some things he hasn't not hasn't seen before but some things that he's struggled with when he's seen them in the past um i think he's got a skill set that could beat this guy Oliveira. that's a that's a a winnable fight for makashev one of the, I think, biggest weaknesses in Charles Oliveira's game is, and he's been particularly great in the stand-up of late. Obviously, if this guy gets near your throat, he's going to wrap around it. When he gets put in that position, and he really hasn't been fighting guys that are wrestlers or grapplers, he really hasn't been mixing it up with those guys. And so now you're talking about a guy who, is a better wrestler than you and is a little bit better on the ground. And, 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 and Makachev admits the, 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 um, the grappling is the one thing he'll give Oliveira over himself skill wise. And so again, he goes in there knowing that's the one thing he's got to watch out for. I trust Mahach. You know what I mean? I, I, I think he knows full well what he's getting himself into. And I think the, again, dude, the way those guys train and practice, they jog and stuff, Joe, a lot of jogging. Especially leading up to the fight, they increase the jogging, and that's you know it's lights out. I hate making this comparison because I don't <laughs> like uh, Covington much, but but um um I would make the comparison between Covington and uh, Oliveira with what um, Masvidal has been saying all week that he struggles being the nail, that he's a great hammer. But when you make him the nail, he doesn't know how to react to it. Um, and Oliveira has, though that's where he has shown, you know, he's great at being the hammer. 
Struggles or like Mike Tyson says, everyone's yeah. got a plan until you punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. You know, a little yeah. more, a little more bluntly put. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Look, I here's the cool part, and and I think you know when you look at the UFC and why it's so wildly popular, where there are some deficiencies again, especially in the light heavyweight division as far as big star power right now. All the rest of these divisions, I mean, there are great top fives, and there are constantly these new guys. Coming in, you know, cracking top 10, top 15. I'll tell you a lot of the prelims I've been watching. Um, and some of these names, none are jumping off the top of my head right now, but I've seen some great looking young fighters, and and I think guys we're gonna see in another year or two. So not only not only are there stars fighting and fighting each other and performing at high level and putting on really, I mean, think about how many bad fights there's been in the last year. Not a lot. No. You know, and if you take Nganu out of the equation and Derek Lewis, like zero, uh, if you think about it. So you're putting on great fights. You've got a you're constantly bringing in great new talent, you know, to re-energize all of these divisions. So, you know, to me, the long term prognosis of the UFC is it's the trajectory is high. I mean, I think they're peaking now. Honestly, as as long as they've been around, I I think this sport is at the top of its game. Yeah. To say that, you know, you kind of have to preface it with they have consistently set the bar. Um, And that would have been true most of the time during the course of the the existence of the organization of the UFC. They just continue making it better and doing things, let's be fair, that boxing isn't doing to adjust, to make it better. And uh, yeah, you can go through each one of these divisions and find your uh, Marina Rodriguez. She's fine tonight. <laughs> well, on the prelim, she. Uh, uh, I'm excited for that fight. But uh, I, I, I will end. The, the I do want to say one more thing about Mahakev before we move on. Uh, I'm still not sold on him. I, I still don't know if he can. I, I think Oliveira can will dismantle him pretty easily like i you your best fight your best win is dan hooker and dan hooker's great and always tough guy but i mean that that's not that doesn't scream an elite fighter to me and olivera wall he he has losses they're against great guys and he has that experience i think mahakev maybe one day can he, he, I think he will take that loss from Oliveira, go back to the drawing board, re- refigure stuff out, and I think he can do that quicker than it took Oliveira to get back on track and get to the title. I think, but it is going to take that loss, I think, because he is. Oh, he just beat Bobby Green. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bobby Green, the elite Bobby Green. <laughs> the upper. Now, when you say he's only lost. To great fighters, are you? You're not talking about Paul Felder or Ricardo Lamas, right? No, I didn't say he's only. He's had f- fights with great fighters. That's what I'm trying to say. He's oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, listen, if, like, he yeah, but I mean, like. I think that's as much, uh, you know, because he's been around longer and has climbed the rankings that he's fought all these guys, guys like Max Holloway and uh, Sergio Pettis. I mean, he's he's. That's that's just I think part and parcel of what has he had like forty fights in the UFC. Uh, yeah. He's been around a really long time. Um, Mahakev, here you know, look, 
And, and Jared, I, I, again, the same thing with, with Cyril Gunn, where it's like a guy with limited professional experience, right? You can only judge him on what you've seen. And obviously, you know, when you're 8-0 and in the UFC, you haven't really fought that many people. And you certainly haven't fought any big names. You haven't run across Francis Ngannou anywhere else. Well, maybe in a in a gym warming up and you kicked his ass, but whatever. Um, yeah, so... Well, and the truth. listen, I all you can listen, right? All you could do is see what the guy did against the guy he fought that night, regardless of how good that guy is and that guy's skill set. It's more, did you impart your will? Did you do the things that you set out to do in this fight? That's what I'm looking for in a guy who's kind of unproven. Everything I see from Mahakev tells me this guy is this. The, the thing that strikes me about this guy is his strength while he is wrestling people is disgusting i mean his ability to hold your head and you can't lift it at all just while you're grappling i mean that that's not easy to do these these are other strong grown men he's doing that too and he does it like like khabib did to me with relative ease that's the scary part of this you know again you put a guy like dustin poirier in a in a rear naked choke hey what's he gonna do what was he gonna do tap it, it, yeah. uh, Islam Mahakev, you're going to have a really hard time getting him into one of those things. And again, I, I feel like Mahakev could probably go about 13 minutes without air. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, you know, again, I think about the Volkanovsky fight with Ortega. I mean, he had him tight in that guillotine. Yeah. And the, the whole thing was you just stay calm and you just wait for your moment you wiggle it you wiggle out of it and you but don't breathe for a thing. minute and that's fine but that's I, the thing with Mahakev. how do we know he's going to stay calm he's never faced adversity he's only adversity bro he trains with khabib you don't think khabib i understand that him out? it's different in training and in the in the in the octagon it's different he's going to face adversity with Oliveira, and i don't know how he's going to react to that i think gone folded under the pressure like St. Pierre did against hughes the first time for a guy who was with nine fights to be able to beat Volkov and knock out Lewis, he's legit and we'll be back quick. Yeah, and sometimes it does. Look at Ngannou. Sometimes it does take that first that first crack to go back to the drum board and repeat. That speaks to your point, Jace. Yeah. These guys need to test themselves. And if gone, the, the way to get better from here is for gone to be. It's another thing, another spoiler. Here I go again. Uh, it's another thing Masvidal said about Kobe Covington is all of their training came when he was at 155. If you check the records, he came up to 170 and their wrestling training kind of stopped. You know, that Kobe's sparring partners have been upper echelon guys, but strategically placed at the, the whole don't hit Ronda Rousey thing in the gym. And then when she got hit, it looked like she'd never been punched before in her life. And maybe she hadn't. So it's important. That gone fight is important. No, my guy didn't get the W. But if he finds a way to build and grow from a fight, that's the guy you're going to build and grow from. You know, you have to know what you're up against. Yeah. I remember being in my mid-20s and I'd love my sets with Chad Dawson. And I wasn't even close. It was a, a kindergartner and a, and, a, and a high school kid. And the kindergartner was blind. I mean, it was bad. But, um, but I had some idea what six foot three southpaw at 158 looked like. 
a multiple time national champion, six foot three, 158 pounds. I knew what I was going to be up against at the top. And then it was something I had to sooner or later come to the realization I was never going to be able to compete at the level that I wanted to. But that part is everything to my growth process, is it not? These guys have to do that. That's part of what they have to do to test test themselves to get better. Oliveira had to grow the, the I don't want to say a spine. That's my guy. But he grew from those losses and gets out of positions you didn't see him get out of early in his career. He was testing himself and fighting the upper echelon guys. You know, like Bobby the Bobby Greens of the world. <laughs> well, that, After, that's why... That's why UFC is so is better than boxing right now because you you can't not not everyone's chasing that zero because you can't you can't have that zero forever unless you're Khabib because you're facing the best of the best and eventually you're gonna get into the that the, that point where you you face someone who's just might be a little bit better and it's gonna take a, you coming back and getting even better to beat that guy so and we see it all the time. All the time in UFC. In Ganu. Gan, I think, can do it. I think Mahakev will probably lose to Oliveira and bounce back and do it. But it it, it, it takes time. And you got to grow. Especially when you, you got to understand the levels. Well, how do you explain Adesanya, though? You know, a loss to a guy who was just bigger than him. And now he just doesn't do anything when he fights. He just doesn't throw any doesn't throw anything. Johnny Sleepwalker. <laughs> sure, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, he, I mean, talking about Adesanya, he, he had his adversity in his kickboxing career. That, that's, what, that's why he's been so great when he made the switch to the UFC. He knows what that adversity is like, and he's been able to grow with it and not have it affect his MMA career. But, yeah. All right. That was, that was a solid conversation from... Mahakev to all over the place, but I I'm I'm intrigued by to see what Mahakev can do. I, I would have loved to see that Darius fight though. Just have the have everything settle itself out, but uh, they will fight eventually. They will fight eventually for sure. I think. But uh, I moving on. But before we get to the big fight tonight, got a shout out to who you got pound for pound goat tournament. That's going to start next week. Next week, starting up March Madness, all the conference championships are going to start. And we got it. And I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek. We got a play-in game for each side. There's the MMA side, and there is the boxing side. And it's the 16 and 17 seeds. For the MMA side, the 16 seed is Kamaru Usman. And the 17th seed is Israel Adesanya. For boxing, the 16th seed is Canelo Alvarez. And the 17th seed for you, Jared, Alexander Usyk. Yep. Did you did you just forget to include current guys when you first made the list? No, I, I no. I'm just playing. I, <laughs> He's like, oh, wait a minute, Canelo. Uh, playing game. <laughs> yeah, making the playing game. They I still like got that. a lot more to do. They I, still got I, a lot more. Hey, food. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you know me. Uh, you know, we we you and I do other sports as well, 
And I hate when someone takes a guy who's, you know, three, four, five years into his career in any sport and they're like, go. And it's like, well, I mean, let's see how the next 10 years go before we start putting people in Hall of Fames and, and sizing <laughs> them up. Girl, for, yeah. Jeez, Louise, man. You know, all, all I keep hearing is about how uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, could have had four Super Bowl wins by now, you know, except that he doesn't. He only has one. Yeah. Let's tap the brakes. Let the guy do it before you start uh you start crowning these people stuff. So yeah, I like that. Let let them earn their way in and they won't last long. Yeah. I mean they gotta <laughs> they win the play and they, they face the number one seed in each uh, respective. So it's gonna be tough. Uh I don't have yeah. time to do this for boxing, but I wanna talk a little go just jump back to Jace's whole uh chasing the O conversation eight divisions 15 per division that's 120 fighters in the top 15 of every division in the ufc of those 120 five percent six of them are undefeated three welterweights two featherweights one flyweight as there are wow. six undefeated guys on the entire list of ufc top 15s in eight weight classes it's just not there because they have to fight each other at that. Now, if you did that for boxing, give me the top 15 and eight weight classes for boxing, and I'll, and I'll figure out how many of them are undefeated. The number's 50, 60, 85, 90. I was going to say like 80%. <laughs> Seriously, though, that's disgusting, man. And that that's that's when you said it, I was like, huh, I wonder – and it wasn't a very hard reach, but yeah, six out of 120 is 5%. Yeah. Well, think about the difference in these two sports, too. If you're 32, you get knocked out in a boxing match and you were a top guy. They're talking about maybe you should hang them up. 32 in UFC, you get knocked out and they're like, all right, we got to get them back in there with that champ again for uh, for another fight. I mean, it's, you know, again, looking at those losses look at them very differently in the two sports and it really is stupid you know mm. i remember being a kid jared and i remember you know learning about and hearing about muhammad ali and then i saw that muhammad ali had a what six losses in his career and for whatever it was i think mike tyson has sex and again i have always kind of growing up on the Rocky Marciano train thought you had to be undefeated and so yeah I mean it, it you know again when did those losses happen under what circumstances does those losses happen were they part of a trilogy where you won the trilogy overall you know that kind of stuff matters I've always been after I got over that Jared when I was like 12 my my other thought was to be great, you should always anybody that beat you, you better go out and you better avenge that loss. That was always very important to me in a fighter. You're gonna go after that guy that beat you, even if it was early in your career. Go get him. Hey, uh, hey, um, can you can you cut that part out and send it to Clarissa Shields for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. Whenever I mean. People bring up Floyd now. Uh, I mean, even Rocky Marciano, fifty and zero—that's nice. Julio Cesar Chavez was ninety and zero before he lost. 
84. Yeah. So like, let's put stuff into perspective. If you want to go and get 90 and 0, I'll, I'll respect that. But <laughs> if you want to go do better than what, what Julio Cesar Chavez did, sure, go do that. And then come talk to me. Then come talk to me. But I, I mean, especially when you're picking and choosing MMA guys, especially at the end to get that, to break that record, I mean, come on. Let, let's I mean, be real. I could, go, I could go 90 and 0. Yeah. I mean, it, geez, I, I just beat up a lamp, a tissue <laughs> box, took a hurting. Um, that's two. Yeah, there's, it's, it's yeah, bro. It's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Oh, you know what, Tony? Tony, actually, uh, Tony, if you could comment too, you just sent me something the other day. Uh, I think it was about Harry Grebe. Mm. I think he had 19 title defenses in one year. Tony, put whatever that was that you sent to me the other day. It was some some striking number. I I think Harry Grebe had as many title defenses. In one year, as uh, Mayweather's had in his entire career. career. Yep. And controversially, oh. there are, uh, I went to welterweight for fun because it's a stacked division, but uh, seven undefeated welterweights in the top 15 on BoxRec. And now that's BoxRec. That's the actual top 15 and not what the, there you go, 42 and 0 in 1919. In one year, there holy no, smokes! Forty-two <laughs> guys. You're not going to find a single Chicago White Sox on that team. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so seven. Yeah the the welterweight division in boxing has more undefeated fighters at welterweight than the UFC has top fifteen all eight divisions seven. To six, there's seven undefeated welterweight boxers in the top 15, and six undefeated UFC fighters in the top 15. Seven you imagine ten championship fights a year from the same guy. <laughs> That's Talk about <laughs> Yikes! They don't yeah. make them like they used to. That's for sure. Definitely not. Definitely not. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of those guys. Next week, I'm uh, we're doing the tournament, but uh, very excited for that great idea, by the way, Jason. Yeah, March Madness coming up. We got a lot. Uh, I feel like the ideas, the good ones, are few and far between. So, whenever there is one, I praise it. Yeah, I've been working hard on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm joking, I appreciate it. I really do. I'm excited for it. Well, let's, yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. Start it up next week, but uh, all right, let's take a break. Let's regroup and let's and then we'll get back and talk about tonight's fight, Covington versus Masvidal. So stay tuned. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. 
You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. The UFC returns this weekend with a rare non-title main event from the Apex in Las Vegas featuring a welterweight bout in the main event between Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Let's break it down. Jorge Masvidal is 37 years old. He's 5'11 with a 74-inch reach and a record of 35-15 and 15 with 16 knockouts and two submissions. From Miami, Florida, Masvidal took to street fighting at an early age and made his high school wrestling team but couldn't stay on due to failing grades. After appearing in one of Kimbo Slice's Backyard Brawl videos, he began training in mixed martial arts and made his professional debut in 2003 with a first-round knockout. In his early career, he fought for various now-defunct organizations going 16-3, and losing to Rafael Suncow by decision and Rodrigo Damon while knocking out Joe Lazone, Ryan Schultz, and Eve Edwards. In 2009, he joined Bellator, knocking out Nick Aguilar in one round, but in his second fight was choked out on an inverted triangle by Toby Amata. From there, he won six of his next nine, scoring a rear naked choke of Eric Reynolds and a knockout of Satoru Kedaoka and a decision over Justin Wilcox before making his UFC debut in 2013 with a decision over Tim Means. He then submitted Michael Chiesa with a Darce choke and the following year defeated Pat Healy, Darren Kryshank, and James Krause before dropping a decision to Al Iaquinta. After knocking out Cesar Ferreira with a series of punches and elbows, he dropped his next two in a row to Benson Henderson and Lorenz Lozen, but bounced back with knockouts of Jake Ellenberger and Donald Cerrone. 2017 saw Gamebred go on another two-fight skid, losing a close fight to Damian Maia and a thorough one-sided beating by Wonderboy Thompson. After a 16-month layoff to refocus his career, he took on Darren Till, and despite getting dropped within the first few seconds, he methodically started breaking Till down, timing his shots, and then knocking him out with a left hook in round two. After months of back-and-forth trash talk on social media, he set the record for fastest knockout, landing a flying knee to the head of Ben Askren in just five seconds in the fight that made him an international star. In a unique bout for the so-called BMF belt, he defeated Nate Diaz via third-round stoppage after Diaz suffered a nasty cut under his right eye. In July, he stepped in for his sick Gilbert Burns on six days' notice to challenge welterweight champion Kamara Usman, dropping a unanimous decision. On April 24, 2021, he was given a rematch with Usman, putting up a fierce fight in round one before getting knocked out cold by a thunderous right cross from the champ just one minute into the second round. One of the slickest boxers in the sport, Gamebred lands at a 48% accuracy and understands distance better than most fighters, boasting a 65% strike defense. He's also a solid wrestler, and despite being wildly popular, is often inconsistent and prone to off nights or lackluster performances. Colby Covington is 34 years old. He's 5'11 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 16-3 with four knockouts and four submissions. From Clovis, California, Covington moved to Oregon when he was eight and took up wrestling in high school, lettering all four years and winning the state championship in his senior year. He wanted to wrestle at Iowa State College, 
where he was a roommate of John Jones before transferring back to Oregon, where he became a two-time Pac-10 conference champion at 174 pounds. After graduating with a degree in sociology, he made his professional debut in 2012 with a first-round knockout. He won his next four with two submissions before making his UFC debut two years later with a first-round knockout over Wan Anyang. In December of 2015, he suffered his first loss, a guillotine choke submission to Worley Alves. He bounced back six months later with a rear naked choke of Jonathan Muner and then followed that up with a third-round knockout of Max Griffin. He then won decisions over Brian Barber and Dong Hyun Kim, and in the last fight of his contract, he defeated the always dangerous Damian Maia by unanimous decision. Seven months later, he defeated Rafael Dos Anjos by unanimous decision to win the interim welterweight championship, but was subsequently stripped of the title when a surgery prevented him from taking on Tyron Woodley in a unification match. He returned in August of 2019, overwhelming former champion Robbie Lawler with volume, throwing 541 strikes and attempting 18 takedowns and route to a lopsided unanimous decision to earn another shot at the title. On December 14, 2019, he took on welterweight kingpin Kamara Usman, engaging in a brutal back-and-forth war of attrition with both men absorbing punishment and Covington fighting with a broken jaw before getting dropped twice in the final minute, prompting the referee to call a halt to the action. In September of 2020, he took on former champion and sporting partner Tyron Woodley, dominating the first four rounds before the fight was stopped in the fifth with Woodley complaining of a rib injury. On November 6, 2021, he got a second shot at arch-rival Usman, putting up another spirited challenge for the belt, but coming up short again as two knockdowns suffered in round two proved to be the difference in a close decision. A highly aggressive pressure fighter, Covington possesses an iron jaw, excellent stand-up, world-class wrestling skills, and some of the best cardio in the business, setting a breakneck pace as he overwhelms his opponents with volume. Will the devastating power and reach advantage give Gamebred the edge he needs to take out his former best friend? Or will Chaos's advantage in wrestling and cardio prove too much as both men seek to stay in the title picture and settle one of the most heated rivalries in the history of the UFC? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 272, Covington vs. Masvidal, and let's find out. All right, Joe. We were talking a little bit about this fight before the show. Uh, I know you're a big Jorge Masvidal fan. But we'll, how do you have this fight playing out? First of all, I love this. Two-piece in a soda all day, every day. Street Jesus coming to baptize this fool. I think, listen, I, I think, unfortunately, um, and I love the dude so much. I think Georgie Masvidal is perfectly placed in the rankings at number six. Uh, he's He is a gatekeeper. You know, guy's been around a really long time. Uh, and him and Covington, the only thing they have in common is that they've lost to Usman twice. Uh, and they've both been knocked out by the guy. So, uh, again, I think this speaks to... On the same couch. Yeah, this, <laughs> right, this, I think, speaks to, again, that you've got Usman, who's on another level. I think Covington right now is closer to that skill set. I think he's got an opportunity to be you know again like i said earlier the fraser to usman's ali you know this guy's not gonna it's hard to knock this dude out and to me i think georgie would 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 need a knockout he, he really would i just don't think this is a guy you're gonna knock out his cardio's off the charts 
He has an iron jaw. And he gets hit, he goes down, he usually pops right back up. So, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not sure I see a path for, it's going to be a great fight. But I got a feeling that by the fourth, I think Covington, this thing is stopped and Covington's the winner. Much as I hate to say that because I hate Colby Covington's guts. That's 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 my whole whole thing here. As much as I hate to say that, this is one of the worst, as much as I hate to say that, fights in the history of my life. Straight up, Jorge Masvidal. Love this guy. You know, this is the Ed Norton of the UFC for me. I have to explain that. Do you guys know Please who Ed do. Norton is? Yeah. I love Ed Norton, so I'm super He's curious. Oh, yeah, that's my guy. So he did a movie when he came out called Primal Fear, uh, where he played he played a, a altar boy named... Love Aaron. that movie. And then he played... The alter ego's name was Roy. Um, and then he did American History X. Um, and there's a third one here. Uh, Fight Club. Yes. Yep. Now, I had seen all three movies before I realized that was the same guy. If you throw up three pictures of Aaron from Primal Fear, uh, American History X guy, and Fight Club guy, you will not readily recognize that they are all the same person. When it hit me, and then I watched the score, I was like, this is one of the greatest, most versatile actors in cinema's history, Ed Norton. But the point is, back to fighting, um, I didn't know watching Jorge Masvidal in the backyard and then Jorge Masvidal versus Kimbo Slice and then UFC Jorge Masvidal. And it literally took me a few fights to go, that's the same guy that when you saw him jump into the backyard, you're like, ah, oh, this littler one's going to get wrecked. I respect your courage, little guy. But And then he's putting up fights every time. Who is this guy? And then all those years later in the UFC and not recognizing a la Edward Norton in American History X when he came from Aaron, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't recognize him. So Masvidal and I go way back. Back before I even knew it was him. <laughs> and Covington, I just can't stand. When, and when you sit and you ask him the questions and you talk about what went wrong, it's like, I walked away because it was better for me. You know, oh, he makes everything up. It's all fake news. And you listen to the two arguments and you're like, all right, one of these guys sounds like they're telling the truth and this stuff is real and he owed his trainer 12 and a half grand that the other guy paid out of his pocket because he thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and the other guy just seems to be making stuff up to excuse himself. And, and almost um, uh, like admittedly became a heel, like changed his character and adapted so that they, so that he could try to sell more tickets. And now he's getting zero cut on the pay-per-view buys, ah! which is hilarious. And all of that said, Covington probably wins this fight as much as I hate to say it. 
I, I, if, if ever I could have my heart override my brain. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have round-robin money on Masvidal, but that's not what I'm going to suggest the rest of you do. To, listen, to, speaking again after their losses to Usman, after the second fight, Covington's not giving anything up to Usman. George Masvidal said, and and him and Usman have been super cool ever since. He went, guy's got my number. What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was right after Covington said pound for pound fighter on the planet. And he's like, you just, you just lost. Uh, he said he beat you too. Yeah, yeah. He's better than me. <laughs> yeah. I can readily admit that guy's better. You're living in your delusional world that you're living in. I would like nothing more than for Masvidal to knock this dude out cold and then yeah. stomp on his face. That's that's the only way. I, the the only way I see Masvidal winning is like just the bad blood just continuing into and just chaos ensues, and he's able to land something crazy to put Colby to sleep. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm, I'm going. With my heart and my head here, because I love Colby Covington. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a wrestling fan. You got to respect the heel. And the thing is, is a lot of people come in and they try to do this. They try to talk to smack, and then they lose. He he's he's backed it up. This dude is a Diaz brother with wrestling, just always coming forward, setting that pace, coming at you, and then he's able to mix in the takedowns. He's a a beast, and I mean. I think right now we have a don't Max Holloway. Please don't with the Diaz. What? Ah, oh. dude. I, listen. Yeah, he's he's a Diaz brother who can mix in wrestling. Listen, he. I, I think here at welterweight, Tella Hamza gets acclimated to to the top of this division. Uh, I think we have a Holloway Volkanovski Whitaker Adesanya. Uh, one of those situations with Covington and Usman. Because Covington, I think, smashes everyone else. That's not named Kamara Usman in this division. And that's what we said. You know, and that's what we all said after that fight. I still think that's probably true. And uh, But I just like one guy a lot better than the other. There you go. Yeah, and you know how I feel about people coming off a knockout. You know, I'm always a little leery of that because i do sometimes feel it could change the whole trajectory of your career we saw what it did to chuck liddell uh, where a, a strong breeze would suddenly take the big guy out so yeah who knows who knows but it's gonna be a great fight and uh listen for a pay-per-view non-title fight this is about as good as it's gonna get yeah oh yeah and for entertainment value, yeah, this one's this one's off the chart. I, I'm about as excited to see this fight as I have been. About if anything. nothing else, I just hope that their mouths are running as much as their hands are. I I I, I hope this thing is nasty. I want to see Georgie laughing and pointing and talking. You know, I know Covington well. I want this to be ugly. I want them to be on the ground rolling around just having at it uh and and just talking all sorts of smack i would love that i i think i think the first two rounds i i think kobe's gonna want to brawl with masvidal because i think he's gonna sh not show him the respect 
But then I do think those those, those later rounds, the championship rounds, that that's when Colby starts using his wrestling and just taking control. That's my prediction. And I got I'll go fourth round rear naked choke, Colby Covington. I wrote down uh fourth round uh rear naked choke, brother. That's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well, but but I also like I, I what what you're talking about with the knockout, I could see a, a different Masvidal, not necessarily the street Jesus, just like a different just just a George. You got Street Jesus, you got BMF champ, and th- this could just be just plain old George walking in there, ready to get d- dismantled. So a- after that knockout, so I don't know, but I I I have respect and I love I love his new tattoo, by the way, immortalizing yeah. the greatest moment of his career. I dig that. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, all right. Because, I mean, for a non-title fight card, this card is stacked, brother. There's a lot, a lot of good fights. And let's talk about the fight of the night. Jared, we'll start off with you this time. What you got for your fight of the night? You already know, Rodriguez, man. This girl is on the come up. I've been talking about her. She was a dog in her last fight. She's back to... uh to be in a favorite Zion Anyan. Uh oh wow, she's up to 256. Yeah, take Rodriguez tonight and it should be a great fight. I expect this to be a perfect opponent for her to showcase her technical skills and distancing. Rodriguez for the win. All right. Yeah, I I knew that was coming. Knew that was coming. She, she she's a beast, and I, it, it's wild. She goes from main eventing a fight night to going on the prelims. But I, I think she should at least get on the main card, right? But, uh, so. Joe, what's your fight on the night? Well, incidentally, and I'm maybe not everyone's excited uh, for it as I am, uh, but Kevin Holland is fighting Alex Oliveira tonight, and. I do like when people talk to her in fights. I really do enjoy that very much. I feel like Kevin Holland kind of needs to get things back on track. And I think on a night like tonight with the main event, I think he's going to be extra fired up. And I just, I find him to be very entertaining. Not in a Justin Gaethje highlight reel kind of way, Jared, but in a, he's he's entertaining to watch. Uh, he has a lot of fun. And uh, I think Oliveira can wrestle a little bit. So it's always interesting to see how Kevin Holland reacts to getting taken down and who he might yell out help from uh, or for, you know, uh-huh. I don't know if Khabib is going to be in the building. So I don't know who he'll be seeking advice from on what to do while he's on the ground, but it's always entertaining. And so Kevin Holland back in the room tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's one of the guys in my round robin. I have nice. to say aloud here that Alex Oliveira, Jorge Masvidal, plus 280, plus 295. Find three more of those. Put that 26 bucks up. We did it last week and broke even. And yeah. Greg Hardy's on the card tonight, too, yeah. Jays. I know your boy yeah. coming off the loss to old man Chewy. Uh, Hardy needs <laughs> yeah. to get himself back in the dub column. 
Hey, from one of the one of the two of the biggest MMA uh, UFC heels right now, Greg Hardy and Colby Covington. You always want to just tune in to watch them lose because that's how much you hate them. But yeah, uh, he, he's fighting against uh, Spivak, who uh, who beat Tuivasa and uh, Alexi Olenek. So I think Spivak should uh, take care of this. But my my real fight of the night, I got Edson Barbosa against Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell. Um, he, uh, Bryce Mitchell's only loss was on uh, the the semifinals in the Ultimate Fighter 27. Um, this dude's really good. I think this though, I think this is like what we were talking about earlier uh, with Mahakev. I think this is a he, he he's gonna understand the levels of the game because. Barbosa's been around forever, and he, I mean he's a beast. He's one of the best strikers in all. <laughs> yeah, the the tattoo. Everybody saw this. The knee. Yeah. I just that is. I love Bad that. Ass, it does look like he drew it himself, but <laughs> still cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but I, Barbosa Mitchell. I think that's gonna. I think Mitchell's gonna be a guy. I, I don't necessarily know if he can get into the championship. Uh, picture, but I think that that's going to be a guy like a gatekeeper, a solid, just tough guy to for for years to come in that featherweight division. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, a like pretty that. cool card. Dos Anjos on there too. Yeah. It'll be fun. Be a, it'd be a fun a fun card tonight for sure. Fun fights. Hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sucks that there's no title, but uh. You don't necessarily need a title fight to, to have a good pay per view because this one. Why didn't he off. put the BMF belt up? Because he lost it to Usman. Oh, was that on the line? I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I, just, I, I mean, hear. where's that belt? <laughs> Did we just get rid of that thing now? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Understand. So Usman is the lineal BMF champion as well. I don't know where the belt actually is. Millennial B. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's mix up some boxing terms in here, yeah? Oh, geez. Okay. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, big shout-out to Chris Sawyer and Andy Mac Mortgage and JPEX Financial for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you go check them out. And big shout-out to Clovercrest Media Group. Make sure not just other – Great. There's a bunch of other great sports podcasts at Clovercrest Media. We've got John about the G-Men posting up. Uh, baseball is going to start going to come back hopefully sometime soon, right, Joe? Hopefully. Get the roll call going back <laughs> up again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, make sure you check out that. A bunch of other uh, true crime podcasts, political stuff, like the Vital We Stand. Uh, yeah, so make sure you check that out. And if – there's a subject you don't you want to, a podcast for? Why don't you start your own? But uh, yeah, for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones, we'll catch you next week for more throwing jabs. Enjoy the fights tonight, and take care, everyone. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jays. Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, 
Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet a stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains, from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.